This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. We're going to talk some NFL football coming up here momentarily with Matt Williamson, who's going to join us throughout the NFL season. We'll talk to him about who's playing well, who's not, what's going on across uh, the NFL. And uh, you know what? I have a feeling I'm going to be a little extra dialed into the NFL this year, Gordon. How, how were you over the weekend? Were you, were you glued? Were you excited to have the NFL back? I was kind of hit and miss. I mean, I checked out some games. I didn't sit down and watch religiously, anything like that. But I, I checked it out. I thought it was interesting. You watched your Chiefs? <laughs> No, because they didn't play. Oh, yeah, they played on Thursday, didn't they? <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh, isn't that the team you chose to adopt this year? Uh, did I make a decision on that? I don't think I did. Well, I just figured you picked them to win everything. You'd be jumping on the bandwagon. So I might as well, huh? Yeah. Well, it's a good pick. <laughs> did you just compliment <laughs> yourself? No, I meant it would be a good pick for anybody who would choose to pick them. Again, did you just compliment <laughs> yourself again? <laughs> to reiterate. It was a great pick. What do you want from me? It's a lot better than picking the Colts to beat the Jags. Oh, man. Come on. Yeah, that that, hurt. that was a cheap shot. Sorry. That was a cheap shot. Come <laughs> on. That should have been automatic. I know. I would have picked them, too. Oh, man. All right, let's talk a little NFL football. Let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now from ProFootballNetwork.com. Also on a little thing we like to call the Locked On NFL Podcast. He's Matt Williamson with us here on the big show. Matt, thank you very much for joining us and uh, being willing to join us throughout the season. We appreciate it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good time. And one quick co- correction for you. We just switched over to the Willi- or the Peacock and Williamson podcast. It was okay. Locked On NFL for a long time, and we're doing the exact same thing. We're still with David on the Locked On Network. It's awesome. So if you, I urge people to check it out. Right on. We were going to ask you if you had any David Locke horror stories. We, uh, we know him well, obviously. <laughs> Must be a peach to work for, the David we know. <laughs> oh, yeah, low maintenance, you know, sure. <laughs> uh, well, well, Matt, let's let's start off. Um, you know, this NFL season, a good place to start here is, are you surprised we're having an NFL season? A little. Uh, there was a stretch there. Uh, just since we're going to be doing this a lot, I, I'm, I'm in Pittsburgh. I am just left my Steelers show. And I'm close to that team. And usually I go away to Latrobe with camp and I live with the players and everybody. And when they announce that, hey, you know, there's not going to be a normal training camp, we're not going away to St. Vincent's College, I was pretty bummed. And I really thought, man, this might not happen. And then shortly after that, we're not going to have a preseason. I thought, oh, man, uh, we, we may not play football this year, and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. It's the only thing I know anything about in the whole world. But since then, it's been all positive, and I think the league has learned a lot from other leagues, and they've handled their business pretty well. I'm very optimistic now. 
What are your observations after week one? I don't want to overreact to a small sample size, but I thought, you know, and we talked about this going into the week one, I thought tackling would be terrible. I thought protections would be blown a lot in, in the passing game. I thought coverages would be miscommunicated and people would be running free through the secondary and safeties and corners yelling at each other. I thought you had them. I thought special teams would be really poor. None of those things, really. I mean, less than I expected. I mean, I definitely think conditioning and fatigue is an issue throughout the league. But I also want to remember, or, you know, I, don't want, I want people to remember that week one, the last five years has been a little bit sloppy. You know, teams aren't playing their guys in the preseason pre-COVID all that much. So don't forget that the first couple weeks, we're almost like an extension of preseason anyway. And I, I didn't see a major difference, to be very honest with you. I want to talk a little bit about Tom Brady. It seems like for the last 10 years, Tom will have one bad game and all uh, everybody out there is ready to throw dirt on him and, uh, and call it over. And now he has a bad game to open up this season, albeit with a different team. Uh, are those criticisms going to finally be correct? I'm really excited to watch next week with Brady because the Saints defense is an excellent one. And I know there's no crowd there, but still you're in New Orleans against one of the absolute best teams in the league. But I said this last year that I understand that his supporting cast in New England in 2019 was not optimal at all. But one thing about his season last year was – if you put all his bad plays together and you build a low-light tape, that tape would have been a lot larger than it's been in any other year of his career. You know, there was more bad than I could remember that were strictly on him. And then watching week one, I thought there was more of that. And it's more than, boy, he doesn't drive the ball as well as he used to. I mean, I think that's kind of a shortcut to – you know, what's really going on. I mean, I thought he – the word I would use for week one in New Orleans was uncomfortable. I, I thought that he didn't look in sync with the offense. He wasn't comfortable with the speed of the game, wasn't comfortable with bodies around him crashing in on him. And that's often the when the end is near. But – he's not somebody I want to doubt either. You know, I mean, you know, he's going to work hard, you know, he's going to do everything possible to get it right. And that was a really steep challenge. So we'll see next week when we talk, let's, let's, let's revisit that one. Do you think that uh, his replacement in new England, Cam Newton is just going to run the ball all season long? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, we haven't been doing this together long, but something I talked about a lot this off season when everybody was super excited to see where's Brady going to land. The thing I wanted to see was what's Belichick going to do to replace Brady. And I think playing against Lamar Jackson and some of these highly athletic running quarterbacks, Belichick's been envious. And his offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, he drafted Tim Tebow in the first round when he was the head coach in Denver to do these type of things. So I think they realize how difficult – that style of offense is to play against and they're excited to dip their toe or really, you know, do a cannonball in the deep end in that, in that water. But, and Newton's perfect for it. And he's 
carrying that offense on his back, but I really worry about the people around Newton. You know, I mentioned that with Brady, that his supporting cast in New England was subpar last year. I don't know where the big plays come out of the running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers in New England. We're talking with Matt Williamson, our NFL insider here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Matt, uh, Jordan Love went to Utah State, so he's got a lot of fans around here, obviously. But it would seem that the Packers picking him might have motivated Aaron Rodgers just a tad. Just a tad, yeah. And Rodgers has been somebody that obviously has an amazing career. But I really thought in the the all-time great conversation – he wasn't given enough credit for a lot of years. So I've been his biggest supporter for a long time. That being said, the last two, I'll say two, he has two years. He has not been a great player. He's been a good quarterback. He has not been a great player. And I worried that the end was starting to creep up to him too, that didn't take as many risks as he used to, didn't make as many wow plays as he used to, didn't really adapt to the LaFleur offense that great in his first year. But maybe that fire under him now is just burning white hot and there's nobody more talented. Was there a performance in week one that uh, stirred you enough to think, oh, man, that team's going to be a lot better than I thought? That's a good question. The Rams come to mind um, but they also worry me in that they are very top-heavy roster. So once they start experiencing a couple injuries, will they still look as good in October, November, especially on defense? I mean, they're a very studs and duds type of roster. But I think McVay is a great coach, and I think the offense has a lot going for it. So everyone you know, looked at the NFC West and thought, Boy, Arizona's the up-and-coming team. The Niners were in the Super Bowl last year. They're not going away. Russell Wilson's a great player, and Seattle's always in it. And I agree with most of that, but the Rams were kind of the forgotten team in that division, and I think that's a little unjust. I mean, if, if the same system were in place, the Rams would have been the seventh seed and would have been in the playoffs last year. You see a game like Washington against Philadelphia where Washington comes out with a win 27-17. You see the out- that outcome, do you think, wow, things are bad in Philly or maybe, wow, things are a little better in Washington? Um, anyone that listened to the podcast might have made a buck or two listening to me on that one because I just thought it was a really bad matchup for Philly. And why I say that is too much offensive line shuffling and injuries – and people playing out of position and moving around. And Miles Sanders, their running back, who could have stabilized things, was inactive for that game too. And the reason I say that is because now with the addition of Chase Young in Washington, that defensive front can challenge anyone. It's deep. It's loaded with first-round picks that are playing like first-round picks. And outside of quarterback, if I was building a team – uh, defensive line would be my second priority to make great, you know, and I think Washington's going to be hard to play against, especially when you have uncertainty with your O-line like Philly did. So before the season started uh, here on the show, I picked the Chiefs to uh, repeat, and I picked Patrick Mahomes as MVP. And uh, Jake and Austin, my partners, they uh, they were so jealous of me that they accused me of uh, 
just go with the front runner, but I'm right, aren't I? <laughs> you got a good shot. I mean, the other front runner to me would be I'm going to pick the Ravens to win it all and Lamar Jackson to be the MVP. I mean, I really think those two and those two organizations really stand out right now. Extremely well coached, massive star power at the quarterback position. Uh, I mean, I'm with you. I, I can't argue it at all. It's a little boring of a pick, I got to admit, but I mean, it's, <laughs> I can't argue with it. Just to... you know, let me let me. Sorry, Jake. Let me just interrupt on what you said there. It underscores what you just said. Underscores the importance of having a, a quality quarterback, and those guys are both dynamic players. And when you've got that, I understand that defense is important. I understand you have to have other skill players, but man, it starts and ends with the quarterback in the NFL, doesn't it? Yes, but let me take it a step further because I mentioned this too that if you have a combination of coach and quarterback your floor is just very very high you know like seattle's had a lot of issues over the years bad o lines bad pass rush a lot of change on defense but they win double digit games every year because they have a great quarterback and a great coach you know there's there's a tier of coaches that i think will either end up in the hall of fame or are certainly going to be strong candidates, and those are that are go, that are strong right now in that Belichick, Reed, Tomlin, Harbaugh, Peyton, Carroll. Every one of those guys won this weekend. Hmm. Just I'm and just they quarterbacks. I'm just pointing out, Matt. By the way, that Baltimore was my Super Bowl champion pick. So you know it was too. it was easy, but not quite so easy like Gordon. <laughs> just pointing that out, just uh, just for now. You're hey, blazing, you're blazing new trails, aren't you? <laughs> uh, the Matt, the Raiders moved to Las Vegas, and uh, you could probably imagine that uh, there are a few more Raider fans possibly popping up here in Salt Lake with the idea of being able to drive down and catch an NFL game. Give us your thoughts on on the Raiders and their prospects this year. Yeah, and they are an interesting team, an interesting organization. I think the offense is quite good. I think Coach Gruden will always manufacture offense through scheme. Um, But I also think that the Panthers-Raiders game featured two of the very worst defenses in the league and might be a little bit of an aberration because, you know, did it inflate what the offenses could be, you know, like, if you're playing fantasy, start your guys against the Raiders, start your guys against the Panthers. But I think Josh Jacobs is a star in the making for them too and can take over games almost in like a Cadillac Williams-like fashion when Gruden had Williams in Tampa Bay. It's just the foundation of the whole team. Well, Matt, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Thank you very much and definitely look forward to our conversations throughout the season. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. It was fun. Take care. That's Matt Williamson. Uh, he's joining us. He's co-host of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show on the uh, Locked On Podcast Network. So big thanks to him for jumping on with us. And like I said, we'll look forward to talking to him throughout the uh, throughout the season. It's no great revelation, but uh, we can't underscore that enough what we were talking about with the, the best teams have the best quarterbacks. I mean, when you go down the list, the Chiefs, but the Ravens, like you picked, the Packers, the Saints, uh, the Chargers. You know, you wanna, 
if you want to include the Seahawks in there somewhere. I mean, uh, those are some fine signal callers. Not a fan, fan of Tyrod Taylor? You're not going to jump on board with my Chargers take? Mm-hmm. Probably not. I don't know. What about uh, what about their Titans, Austin? Tannehill's what terrible. About them? They're not going anywhere. They are one and O. Oh. <laughs> they're still that O means they're undefeated. Can't believe they signed that bozo. And the the powerhouse Broncos. They couldn't uh, do anything to my Titans. Uh, little NFL news that Thank I thank you, Vic Fangio. That I just saw come across, Gordon. Um, after a workout uh, in San Francisco, Ziggy Ansah remains a free agent as they could not come to an agreement on a deal and uh, they part ways. Uh, just uh, an update, of course, on the BYU graduate who uh, had a, a Pro Bowl season in Detroit in 2017, I believe. But the uh, last couple of years had some issues with injuries and bounced around a little bit, Gordo. So hoping uh, Ziggy finds a spot. So is he just not good enough, or is he too expensive? I don't know. That's a good question. And uh, or is he healthy enough to compete at a high level? I'm not so sure. And I hope he can find something to get back on the field and show what you can do. It's tough. Uh, these kinds of things, uh, I hate these these disputes uh, once the season is underway. I wish everybody could just... Either find the right number and, and get to work or, or I don't know. I'd like to see these, you know, a certain player you know, complaining about his contract at this point. Come on, just get it done. This is uh, an obvious answer, uh, I suppose. But who's the best uh, local collegiate product in the NFL right now? Hmm. Is it... Is it Fred Warner? Ooh, it might be Fred Warner. I was I was thinking of Bobby Wagner. Oh yeah, but that's pretty. I'd say that's well. That's is that indisputable? Well, Fred's sneaking up on him though. I think yeah. I'd still say Bobby Wagner, but man, Fred Warner has been really good for the Forty Nine. Yeah, really good. But I think Bobby Wagner is on his way to the the Hall of Fame, which I'm not sure yes. if you can say that about Fred Warner quite yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And, and, by the way, Wagner's game hasn't exactly fallen off yet, right? I mean, Eric Weddle might be probably headed for the Hall of Fame, but he wouldn't have been the answer to this question for a few years now. By yeah, the way, Eric Weddle yeah. comes on with Hanson Scotty every Friday. Tune in. Joins him it's for an hour. Good stuff. I heard him. It's good. Thursday, what did I say? Friday? Thursday is what I meant. Thursday. Um, uh, what, Jalen Johnson had a big play in week number one, right? But then had a not-so-good play? Correct. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Which he got <laughs> so much heat for that. He's a rookie. And didn't he make the game-saving play? Yes. Yeah. So stop it. Speaking of that, got, in a bad, got a bad rap from one play. Marcus Williams is pretty darn good. No, that's not. I'm not talking about the 60 and 60. Whoever I'm talking. No, I'm talking was. about the, 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 the Vikings. That's silly play. No, I know what you're talking about, but. There was someone in this market that voted, what, what was he, 46? I can't there remember. Or something like, something crazy like that? There was some outrage there. What a lunatic, whoever that was. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he's really good. So, anyway, 
Interesting. You know, to talk about Jalen Johnson, that's a guy who playing that position, you're going to have moments of glory and you're going to have moments of embarrassment. I think that's just part and parcel to it, isn't it? Well, especially if you're like him and you're a one-on-one guy. I mean, that's that's how he's making his living on man coverage. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's why he got drafted where he did, and that's why he was – that corners in general at Utah have been really successful at the next levels because they're used to playing that man coverage where, yeah, it's kind of like um, our buddy Sean Bradley when he's playing center and everybody wants to dunk on him on every play. You're going to give up a couple of dunks. But you know what it yeah. means? It means yeah. you're there contesting yeah. that dunk. And, I agree, and I and I think the end game there is going to be he's going to be very good. Yeah, I think so too. He has he has the build, he has the speed, you know, knocking on on wood for him to to stay healthy. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Sean Smith, who had a really great career in the NFL. So uh, we'll he may, see. He may. I think he'll be better than Sean. Do you? Because Sean mm-hmm. had a few Pro Bowl years there. Yeah, he signed a big he's... contract with the Chiefs, right? I think this kid will be better, but I just I'm guessing. Uh, but none, yeah. The Utah has certainly had some success, uh, even from some players that weren't necessarily Pro Bowlers, but still had a great career. And I'm thinking of somebody like Brandon Burton. You know, they've they've put a number of players uh, into the next level at, at that position, and maybe uh, maybe BYU's getting a little bit of that with the linebacker spot with Kyle Van Noy having some success, and now Fred Warner, who looks to be next level. Maybe they become a little <clears throat> bit known for that position. You bring up Sean Smith. It reminds me of a story from when he was at Utah. He uh, he challenged my daughter, who was on the Utah tennis team at the time, to a match. And I told her, I, I said, man, you should have taken him up on that and put about $10,000 down on the line. Your daughter has ten grand at that age? I would have, I would have backed her because there's no way she's losing. <laughs> I would <laughs> I told her, I said, he's probably got all that money from his agent already. Go uh, go lay some money down and go kick his butt. Okay, let me let me ask you just for the, the sake of, uh, of an exercise here. Let's say that that daughter came to you and said, Dad, I need 10 gur cash. Yes. How long? No, no. How long until she would have that physically in her hand? Uh, and uh, Less than an hour. Wow. I just go to the bank and get it and go 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 play him and and but you, you take it with you but you're not going to lose it you're going to gain it. Okay, an hour then under an hour. I don't know pizza. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Why? What's it usually take? I don't know. Lloyd, how long would it take you to scrape together ten gur cash? Ah, uh, you can need. Give me a couple. Minutes. Give me give me a year. So a can, year? So I can cash some checks. Okay. All right. Need to work. Austin? Uh, I think between you, me, and Lloyd, within the next five years, we might get there. Scrape together oh, the cash. I'm not talking about come getting on, a loan. You, you know, no you credit card. Fi- you could find a way. Yeah, you put Legal? it on your credit card. Put it on your credit card. I mean, if, if we're throwing law out the window, I can get it by this evening. Well, isn't cash on the credit card? Didn't that come at like 30% APR or something? So. Something like that. <laughs> it's a smart move. <laughs> going down to Czech ten City turns into seventeen. <laughs> going down to Czech City, and when they say, uh, "Hey, what do, what do you need this cash for?" Oh, I'm uh, I'm betting on a tennis match. It's a sure bet. It's a cold. <laughs> it, 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 I swear. Oh, it would be a sure bet. That'd be the easiest money in the history of mankind. I I would have because this is my experience. Male 
college athletes have an overinflated uh, view of how good they are, not at their chosen sport, but at every sport. And some of them are, have a little bit of that chauvinism going. And I'm telling you, she would have kicked his butt. She would have beaten him the way Sid beat hands. I have no doubt. My 12-year-old. I'm just trying to, I'm just picturing the guy at Czech City still. It's like, oh, you say it's a sure bet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me open up the drawer here and get you 10K. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You don't think they would usually respond with a great deal of enthusiasm with that kind of thing. Now, listen here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's a sure thing. I swear. Oh, the fix man. is in. Just come out. I just need 10K cash. Well, if I couldn't come up with the 10K, then, you know, I'd, I'd hand them the keys to my car and say, here's some collateral. No, no, no. You, we believe you can come up with the 10K. That's not the issue. I'm talking about the guy behind the counter, whoever oh, I need to get I see. the cash from. So you leave the Ferrari there and say, I'll be back in a half hour. Well, two hours. However long it would take. Yeah, it okay. wouldn't take long. <laughs> that would have been, I, I, would, I would tell you, I would have sat back and I would have laughed. I would have laughed through the whole match because it's, and I told, I told her, I said, man, these are, these are easy pickings. You know, go out there and challenge these guys. Is that legal? I don't know if it's legal, but I don't know. Here's the keys to my Hyundai. Give me 10K, please. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll get some more hey, next. That Hyundai is a nice car. <laughs> it, it, it has 210,000 miles on it, but it's still worth 10K, I swear. I you swear. got rid of that one, did Sure you? bet. Sure bet. This thing's good. Trust me. It's all. It's, it's as good. It's as good as back here. I swear. I swear. <laughs> oh man, that's that's funny. Yeah, I don't think I could uh, come up with 10k in an hour. Maybe if it was like ransom or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> if you had to have it, what would you do? Well, first, if you had first, to have if it. If I had to have it, the first thing I do is probably rob Emma Harrington. Joining us now out on the zone for <laughs> here for our friends at TridayTrading.com is our friend Alema Harrington. And you know how I know you're rolling in dough, Alema, is because you're you're doing that good day trading. That's that good day trading money. Yeah, it's that good day trading money as opposed to the bad day trading money. There's no such thing as bad day trading money. It's all good day trading money. Thanks to my, to my friends at uh, Triday Trading. Um, let me tell you a little bit about how I got involved in, in this um, with uh, Ryan Van Dorn, a, a, you know, a friend of mine that, you know, jazz fan, and, and you've heard him on the radio, and uh, we were doing a live remote, and, and I had questions, and, and the same questions that normally come up with people is like, does this thing really work? Come on, man, you can be straight with me. And uh, what happened was Ryan just broke it down for me, and I was like, you know what? I think I could give this a try. And I still had some trepidation because I was concerned that, you know, I'm not a great, you know, math student. I'm not good with numbers necessarily. And he said, hey, our program is set up for, for people like you that all you need to do is to, to follow directions. Like, well, I'm not so good at that. He said, well, we'll work on that discipline and, uh, and we'll see what happens. And I'll tell you what, I got involved and I uh, had a coach named Jared that, that took me through the beginning parts of the program and taking the software with the indicators and starting to be able to read it and then trust it and have confidence in it. 
And I made some mistakes along the way. And um, I was able to go back to Jared and say, hey, man, where did I go wrong? And the cool part about making those mistakes early on is that in this program with Tri-Day Trading, you're able to trade with their money. So there's still risk involved, but it's not my risk necessarily. And they're really working towards the goal of me being successful. So we're all on the same page uh, as far as that is concerned. Here's the good news, guys. Right now, Tri-Day Trading is doing the 30-day trial for just $10. Encourage you to get involved. All you have to do is go to TriDayTrading.com. That's TriDayTrading.com. And get some of that good day trading money. Alema, thank you very much. Again, TriDayTrading.com. And by the way, catch Alema Harrington from 2 to 4, Football Fridays, every Friday with the Big Show. Thanks, Alema. See you then, yeah. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Shout out to Alec. Wanted a little Lou Reed walk on the wild side on a total request Tuesday. Tweet us your requests for walking songs at Austin Horton at Jake Scott Zone at Gordon Monson because after all, sometimes it's better to just walk a guy. <laughs> Take a walk on the wild side, Gordon. Yeah. Uh, Were you a big Lou Reed guy back in the day? Oh, that song. I remember that song well. Yeah. Wow. But uh, but that's it on the on the Lou Reed. What other songs did he do? Well, he was part of that uh, famous group. The uh, was it the Velvet Underground? Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground. Was it? Yeah. Well, uh, not a not a huge fan, but uh, he did some good stuff. All right. Um... I'm just looking up at a few other stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, Gordon, this is some news that has just come out in the last half hour or so. The USC football players have written a letter to California Governor Gavin Newsom. Now, this uh, is uh, this is quite lengthy. Do you want to read the whole thing or do you want the gist? Give me the gist. All right. He, he basically uh, appeal. They started out by appealing to Governor Newsom and said they've always supported student athletes and then said, uh, since you have supported us all the way along, we want you to hear this now. We want to play, which is written in big, bold black letters, um, uh, talked about how um, a lot of the things in their uh, their concerns about safety have been met. I'll read this um I'll read this paragraph because I think it's pretty important. Uh, they say, according to the Pac-12's Medical Advisory Committee, daily antigen testing will tur- uh, with a turnaround time of less than one hour reduces COVID-19 infectiousness by 100%. With the Pac-12's commitment to daily testing via its new partnership with Quidel Corporation and the continued dedication to comprehensive health and safety pro- protocols locally on our campus, we feel comfortable proceeding with this season. We are fortunate fortunate to receive a level of care from our school that achieves the highest standards in sports, and we should take pride in the Pac-12 being the first conference in college athletics to form such a significant partnership. And in fact, I'll just I'll read the rest of this because it's really uh, the message they're trying to get out there. Governor Newsom, our request of you is that you work with us urgently and purposefully to find a path forward for us to resume competitions later this fall so we can have the same opportunity as other teams around the country to play for a national championship. 
We respect the careful and cautious approach you've taken to college athletics, and we have the utmost confidence that we can partner together to quickly develop a plan that allows us to compete in a 2020 football season. Uh, let us find a way to say yes. Please let us play. And then it says, as California goes, so does the Pac-12 Conference. You can be a champion for our Conference of Champions, and most importantly, it's student-athletes. We believe that if the state of California endorses our season, the conference, other states, respectively, uh, county public health officials and university leaders will follow. Thank you for your consideration and leadership during this unprecedented time. We look forward to working with you. Sincerely, the USC football players. So the question then becomes, Will any of that matter at all? Well, what does matter, and they're 100% right about it, is Governor Newsom's opinion. Because right now the Oregon governor, uh, I've seen a couple of reports, seems to indicate that, uh, that 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 state will be on board if the Pac-12 returns and they'll make the, the um, uh, necessary, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking here for, the nece- necessary uh, rule changes or law changes or what, whatever, uh, whatever. But at California, they're just not so sure how Governor Newsom's going to go. So where they are right is that he controls a large amount of sway. And let's not forget that four universities, three of those, no, two of those, let's see, two of those which are public, you know, make up the Pac-12. So his, impact, his opinion is going to have a big impact. So let me ask you this. Uh, Do you think that his reasons for hesitation uh, are uh, (laughs) what is it centered in? Is it centered in the well-being of these athletes or is it centered in politics? Um, Well, I don't know, Gordon. I I think, um, you know, the the cynical side of me wants to say politics. But what I like about this letter from the players is they're saying, listen, in the past, you've been you've looked out for the student athlete. And let's not forget that the national letter of intent situation started in California with that legislature. And that's what they're saying is they care about student athletes. And I like that the USC football team is appealing to that, saying, if you care about student athletes, let us play because we feel safe in these precautions and these maybe not precautions that's not the right word but these you know hoops that we're jumping through to make it as safe as possible are going to work so let's do this thing have our best interest at heart so i liked that message from the players i really did well this is going to be interesting to see how it unfolds from this point forward because uh, i don't know i don't know how it's going to turn out but if they have these advances uh, in testing, uh, and that's clearly available, then uh, that, that, that I agree that all those who have said that's a big difference maker, then uh, I'm all for it as long as it can be done safely. That's, that's, and I think most of the people involved in this stuff, that's the way they think. It's not, I mean, I'm, I'm as cynical as the next guy, but I think they're trying to ensure the safety of those involved. Uh, Keaton Slovis, your guy. Just tweeted this out, Gordon, subject of a Gordon Monson column last year. Uh, their quarterback, and I'm teasing Gordon a little bit, but he just tweeted this out. He says, uh, Governor Newsom, we have sat by for two weeks watching teams across the country play the game we love safely. Most schools have a fraction of the resources that our school and conference have provided to play safely. You are the only thing holding us back. Please, hashtag, let us play. Uh, I'm not sure that kind of sport and that kind of attitude is really going to help. That kind of what? Attitude. Oh, why? I don't know. I just don't. I mean, 
I just don't think, uh, I don't know how much of this is going to be listened to, really. I think they're just going to go about their business, and if they come up with uh, adequate circumstances under which to play, then the players... Why, why, should, uh, why, why should the governor be swayed one way or another by the USC starting quarterback? I don't know. He's a constituent? Well, there's a lot of constituents out there. All right. Well, here's one that's voicing his opinion. Well, you, do, you not, uh, do you not think the, uh, the USC players' uh, voice or, or comments are relevant? No. I, I, everyone can express their opinion. I've always been in favor of that. Well, I, I mean, I think it should be considered. I mean, we're not, you know, I don't know all of Governor Newsom's why, why, policies. Wait, but, let, me back, let me back that up. Why, why do you think, why should a quarterback at a college, why should his opinion uh, matter any more than anybody else's? I don't know if it does matter more than anybody else's. But in this case, we're talking about playing college football. We're not talking about anything else. We're talking about being allowed to play college football. And forget Keaton Slovis for a second then. I think the USC players' voice should be uh, – uh, they should be, be able to express their opinion. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I, I just don't know whether it will really matter or whether it will be listened to. If they have the testing, Jake, they're going to they're gonna find a way to play, right? I mean, let's say it the way it is. Wait, but, but, but hold on for a second here. Like – if your your platform is to protect the student athlete, well, then shouldn't the student athlete's voice on whether or not they feel safe be very much relevant? No, because it's not based on that. It's based on on the welfare of one and all. It's not based on what one football player's opinion is. Well, in this case, a team. But I yeah. I do think that that is a relevant opinion. Now you can ignore it, sure. But I, I think it's something absolutely to take into consideration, just like I did when they, they said uh, they were uncomfortable playing unless their demands were met. There's also a political play here, though, that Gavin Newsom could take advantage of. Be the is, saver of college football? Yes, and say, we listen to the college athletes, <laughs> right. even if it wasn't really didn't have an impact on it. You've, you wanted college football, we'll figure out a way to play it. Sure. I, uh, I, I would be more impressed by him saying, Oh man, they have this great testing. They can test every day. That'll make everybody safer. I'm changing. I'm changing the policy. Flip flop. Not, not. I listen. I listen to the USC football team. I mean, come on. Fight on, Gordon. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's where's your team spirit? That's essentially the message of the USC football team was. It's safer because of these things they're doing. So we right. feel better about it. So good right. times. But it's it's more the the availability of the testing than it is, uh, you know, a nineteen year old's opinion. Oh, I think that opinion should be taken into account big time. There are the people playing. I can't believe I'm hearing this from you that that you've been the advocate of the the student athlete and and uh, that they're the ones that are playing the game and putting themselves at risk and they're the product, et cetera. Pay these guys, and now it's like, oh well, they don't matter. No, I'm saying if it's I safe, it's safe. Go- pay those no, no, it's athletes. safe. If it's safe, it's safe. Then go play. But it, <laughs> the opinion of one quarterback isn't going to. Uh, that isn't an indicator of whether it's safe or not. Okay. Well, okay. Governor Newsom is one person. His opinion matters greatly. Well, he's governor. Well, these people are the the people that are being directly impacted by his policy in this one case. Well, a lot of people are being impacted.
I know this is sports radio, but really what Governor Neesom needs to do is start focusing on reopening small businesses before he gets to college football. There's a lot of businesses going down the tube out there in California that now he's focused on football. Let's let's get this in the right order here. All right, we've got the non-sports report coming up next. It's the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your not-sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. You keep saying you got something for me. Something you call love, but confess. You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin'. And now someone else is getting old. This one goes out to Jessica on a Total Request Tuesday walking songs. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, we're going to multiple places, if you don't mind. Uh, let's start with um, with what's going on on Venus. Apparently, they have found certain kinds of gases on in Venus's atmosphere up there that uh, also are present here on Earth, which may be suggesting that there's life on the planet. Wait, 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 wait. Is this an alien story? No, I never said that word. That sounds like an alien story to me. I, I never said the word. And you said you would, ne- we told you you could never bring up alien stories again. I, I have not used the word. You've used you extraterrestrial life. <laughs> I don't think I said that either. Oh, all right. Uh, are are we? Talking? Is that impressive to you? Do you, Jake? I want to see the look on your face the day that they do find uh, life on another planet somewhere. Okay. When that happens, you can be with me. Here, let's practice, Jake. <laughs> Breaking news. We found life on Venus. Cut to Jake Scott's face. Oh, that's you got to work on that. You got to actually be more, you have to be more surprised. Respond. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how, about, how, how about some uh, how about instead of uh, dwelling on that? How about our own undiscovered uh, mysterious parts of our our own planet, namely the deep, dark sea? Have you seen the story that a woman who was a, like, what was she, a biology graduate uh, student, went out uh, into a certain area of the ocean, and her boat, she was on a 46-foot boat, uh, and uh, apparently uh, they spotted nine killer whales, and they were thrilled to be able to, you know, witness the orcas out there. Until the orcas organized themselves and attacked the boat. Uh, what do what do they call a group of whales? Pods? Yeah. Like a pod attacked uh, attacked the boat. That doesn't sound good. It said uh, they started ramming the hull, spinning the boat 180 degrees, destabilizing uh, or disabling the auto helm and the engine. The rudder got busted up. And the four-person crew couldn't steer. They couldn't get the engine started. And they were stuck 
out there in the uh, Gibraltar Straits. Why didn't they do what uh, what you did and just punch him in the face? <laughs> do do sea creatures worry you at all? No. I mean, yes. Does that does that spook you a little bit? Yes. It doesn't me. No. Not as not Liar. as much. Oh man! Let's put you out in the ocean and let just something crawl against your legs. I uh, Gordon knows about this and uh, knows what I'm talking about here. But uh, you you walk around and swim around in the Chesapeake Bay, then you you're coming up in contact with some random sea creatures. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Uh, that's what I used to love about fishing the Chesapeake and fishing uh, Delaware Bay and out in the Atlantic Ocean. You never knew what you were going to get. Like. I caught I caught uh, a, a, a ray. I told you about that. It was four foot by four foot. I caught a shark. I caught uh, I caught a sea robin. Do you know what a sea robin is? I don't. It's a fish that has six legs and has wings. Hmm. I've caught a horseshoe crab. <laughs> I have caught what else have I caught? Uh, a blowfish. Those are kind of creepy. I, I've, I've caught I've caught eels, I've caught snakes. Yeah, it's it's crazy out there. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk to our good friend Tim Lacombe. We'll get his take on uh, what's going on in the NBA playoffs. Of course, the former BYU assistant helped us on the Jazz broadcast this year as well. And speaking of the Jazz broadcast, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now on behalf of our friends at TridayTrading.com is our friend Alema Harrington. And Alema, you've been going strong with the good folks at TridayTrading.com for a while now. Absolutely. And, you know, it's been it's been one of those, you know, really – just amazing journeys because when I got involved with Tri-Day Trading, I was just, you know, like some of our other broadcasters, I was just involved because it was one of the things that we do and they're actively, uh, you know, they, they advertise on our station. But I was curious enough to, to just, you know, ask one of the guys, Brian Van Doren, like, Brian, is this for real? And he was like, hey, you know, I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for real. And, I'll, of course, you're skeptical because, you know, you feel like they're selling a product. But I got involved, and I started to learn more. I learned about the program, the proprietary indicators. I learned what it was to day trade because the truth is a lot of us don't even know what that really means, which is just simply that you, you, you open and close a trade in the course of a day as opposed to hanging on to it for a longer period of time. And so, you know, for, for me, like a lot of people, I was thinking, man, the stock market is so volatile right now. It's up and down one day, the next day, and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know how to read that. And here's the thing. With, with day trading, you're looking for volatility. And so those are just some of the things that I learned about what day trading is about. And uh, with Tri-Day Trading, they got great coaches. My coach is Jared and, and, you know, one of those guys who just knew how to speak to me as far as the terminology was concerned and sharing the information with me on how to trade. And another cool part of it is that you learn how to trade and you get a demo account after six weeks of training and you start to trade using Tri-Day Trading's money and you get to keep up to 80% of the profits. I mean, that that's crazy. And so when you hear that kind of stuff, you're like, well, that sounds a little too good to be true. Why don't you find out if it works for you? Here's a great deal right now. You got a 30-day trial for just $10. That's 30 days of learning about it for just $10. 
And you can, you know, jump on that by going to TridayTrading.com. In fact, once you go there right now, TridayTrading.com, unless you're driving, the wait till you get someplace where you can stop and get onto the, to the Internet. TridayTrading.com, we got webinars every single day of the work week, and you can jump on and learn more. TridayTrading.com. Thanks, Alema. You're the man. TridayTrading.com. Find out how it can work for you. All right, we'll have more Big Show. Tim Lacombe joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.